welcome to BBC's weekly podcast. We hope you'll be inspired, challenged and encouraged by this week's speaker. For previous messages, go to our website at ballamvineyard.org or subscribe via iTunes or SoundCloud. Hi everyone, how are you? Good? Okay, so we're going to start with the first slide. Thank you, Gillian. So uh, last Sunday, Steve uh, began the series of characters uh, in the Bible, and he talked about uh, Barnabas uh, from the New Testament. Um, this time, I will talk about another character of the Bible, but we're going to go back in time to the past. We're going to the Old Testament. Um, in the Old Testament, there are 16 uh, prophets, and so the people that have been studying the Bible this decided to divide them in two groups. So we have, uh, next slide please. So we have the what they call the major prophets, which mainly they're major prophets because they have more chapters. Some some people would say that that they, they, their influence it was like very key that would they be called majors, but I think mainly it's because they have m more chapters. And there is the other group, is the other group which are the minor pro prophets. And I will be talking of one of them, and his name is Haggai, the one that is in orange. Um, yeah, God gave him only two chapters, but they are they are very two powerful chapters, and that's why we we will be seeing uh, today. So to start, okay, let's try to know a bit more about uh, Haggai. Next slide, please. So some interesting facts about him. His name means celebration. He could be an exiled prophet uh, from Babylon when, when the Jews were captive or, yeah, or in exile. Uh, he was in his 70s. And this is a, an interesting fact for the people that like to study the Bible, is that his four uh, prophecies, the four prophecies that he has in these two chapters, um, they've been all dated. You will, you will read and you will see that in every of his prophecies you will have exactly the date, so we know when he exactly said that. And it's not something common that, that you will find with the prophets. Uh, I find it interesting. Um, and also, something very important that he prophesies about the coming of Jesus, that Father, we will, we will be seeing something about. So before going to the, um, before going to the scriptures, uh, we, I, I wanted to put you in this historical context so we can understand more what we're going to about to read. So we're going way back, we're going to Exodus, and, and we see that in, in verse 30 to 33, uh, God talked with Moses and told him that he needed to build a tent, which is was called later tabernacle, and this tent has different characteristics. He's very detailed when he, when he tell to Moses how he want this tent to be built. We're not going to go through that. Uh, but the main thing about this tent is that uh, God, God wanted to be present, pre he, 
sorry, God wanted to be present uh, around his people. Yeah, at that moment, they were in the desert. They were just exiled from Egypt. And, and God wanted to build this uh, tent, which it will be like a connection uh, between the people and God. So that's what it was called the Lord's presence, the tent of Lord's presence. If we go a, a bit further, we will see that in First Kings, First Kings, yeah, 5, God uh, guide uh, Solomon to build a temple. It could be like an upgrade of the tent. There were better times, a, a bit more modern era, and, and God said, okay, we can do something more ambitious, right? And, and, and he decided to build this first temple. And if you, if you read the scriptures, also, again, God guides uh, Solomon how he want this uh, temple to be built, and they, did, they didn't... They, they have a big budget for this because they, they did this immense, um, amazing temple, you know, with lots of details. Something important that I, that, I didn't, that I didn't say that I want to say, that in the tent and in the temple, there was this place, there was this room where it was with a veil, which it was the place where the presence of God was there. And there was, anyone was able to go through this veil anyone. The only one who were able to go, it was only once a year, and it was the high priest. He was the only one who were able to go once a year through this veil, which it was the presence of God. So why this veil? Because at that point, uh, it was what divided God through the sin of people. Going further, uh, yeah, in, in Jeremiah 52, in uh, in in the uh, yeah in Jeremiah uh, 52, uh, the king of Babylon and I will try to say this time this word good the king the king of Babylon, Nebuchadnezzar. I can do it. I knew I knew it. That was my challenge. That's the only note that I have, as you can see. <laughs> oh, that, that that was the challenge tonight. All right, okay. So this king, obviously, <laughs> this king obviously uh, uh, was built by the enemy, you know. He, he, the first thing that he, he, he did was destroy this amazing temple because he didn't want the people to, to be near God. He, he was trying to destroy everything related with God. And that's why during this, uh, during this invasion where, where, where this king was trying to extend uh, their territories, they conquered uh, Jerusalem and Judah. And so the Jews, they, they, they went to captivity in Babylon, and also they went to, ex they, they have to exile because of this for many years. And in Israel free, we see that finally the Jews are free from this, and they're able to come back to the promised land. They're able to come back to Jerusalem. But when they came back in the year 536 uh, before Christ, they spent in freedom 16 years in the promised land, but they didn't rebuild the temple of Solomon, which was still in ruins. And this is where God wants to do something about it and have something to share with them. And I will ask Holly if she can read. So if you can go to the next slide, please. 
So I don't know if you want to check on your mobile, so you can share it here. Uh, Holly will share us. Um, yeah, so it's Haggai 2 to 9. This is what the Lord Almighty says. These people say, the time has not yet come to rebuild the Lord's house. Then the word of the Lord came through the prophet Haggai. Is it a time for you yourselves to be living in your paneled houses while this house remains a ruin? Now this is what the Lord Almighty says. Give careful thought to your ways. You have planted much, but harvested little. You eat, but never have enough. You drink, but never have your fill. You put on clothes, but are not warm. You earn wages only to put them in a purse with holes in it. This is what the Lord Almighty says. Give careful thought to your ways. Go up into the mountains and bring down timber and build my house so that I may take pleasure in it and be honored, says the Lord. You expected much, but see, it turned out to be little. What you brought home, I blew away. Why, declares the Lord Almighty? Because of my house, which remains a ruin, while each of you is busy with your own house. Thank you, Holly. <coughs> so, yeah, God was not happy what was happening. They've been 16 years being worried about themselves. They've been worried about building their houses. They were worried about they were about to eat. They were being worried about which clothes they will use. And they never worried about seeing the Temple of, Sol of Solomon in ruins for 16 years. So I think we all know, but for the people that don't know, the, the relationship between the Jews and God, yeah, even from the start, it has these ups and downs. And... Yeah, they've been for 16 years, they came back to the promised land, the land that God gave them, you know, but they were worried about themselves. It's like they forgot about God. And the connotation at this time, the, the, the temple was the symbol of the relationship that they had with God. It was the presence of God and it was in ruins. So God used Haggai to tell, okay, I think it's time for you to rebuild this temple, you know? Some, some of the people, they were saying that, no, it was, it was not time to rebuild the temple. And so God is saying like, uh, why do why, why we have to wait? You're in the promised land, the land that I give you. I want you to command you guys. Why are you, why do you want to be on your own? Why are you worried about your life and not worry about me? What, 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 had, what, what had, has happened? So, these people, they were nice because if, if we read further, they, they obey God and they start to, to, to build the temple. But a few things that I, that I wanted to, to talk about is that the relation that I think you guys already can see, that is pretty obvious that in our relationship with God, we sometimes we forget about him and we pay attention to the problems that we have at work. We pay attention to the problems that we can have with the family, or not only to the problems, we pay attention to our success because we're having a fancy job and everything is going well and we're focused on doing other stuff or whatever it is that keep us far from God in a, rela in a daily relationship with God. Next uh, slide, please. So this is the... This is an, an example of what the Temple of Solomon was. As you see, like, it was like, wow. 
And the next slide, this is what happened. <laughs> yeah. And God, something important is that God, what God was not angry with the people because they were worried about building their house. God loves us to have things. He loves us when we go to the pub with friends. He enjoys if we buy some clothes or whatever we choose to do. If we buy something in Amazon, it's fine. What he mainly care about, what, what he mainly care about is that we don't stop relate with him. That we won't replace all these things won't be more important than our relationship with God. And that is the main thing that he's saying to them. He's not saying to them, no, you don't have to do nothing. You have to live all the day in the temple. He's not saying that. He's just saying, pay attention to what I'm, to, to pay attention to, to, to our relationship, the relationship that we've been having. I want to control everything in your life. I want to share this life with you. I want to be the main thing in your life. And of course, it's, it's what it happens to us uh, in general that we, we forget about that. In, we, we start a routine during the week, you know, and one thing to another, and then there is a few days, and oh, why I'm so worried about this thing? What I didn't include God in what is happening? What I didn't ask him? How I can solve this thing? I can count on him. Um... As, as we've been talking, I, I mentioned many times the word rebuild, and I think, rebuild, next slide, please, and we have the, the definition here. Uh, to build something again that has been damaged or destroyed. I find the word rebuild uh, a beautiful word. I find uh, a word that is really related on, in our relationship with God. Because rebuild, it gives the possibility to build something that has been destroyed. It, it, it talks about hope. It talks about something that is destroyed, that with God you can take it from there and rebuild it. It's not dead. Next slide, please. So, why the Twin Towers? Okay. So first of all, I, 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 just want, I just want to say that there is any kind of connection in, in this example. It's just something personal that happens that is related with this. There is no, any kind of connection between what I said about the temple and, and, and these towers or any kind of political theory or whatever. This, that's not why they are here. The thing is that when, when, they, when, when this happens in 11 2001, I was in a production company in Argentina. Of course, that uh, I remember CDs live. I, I was working in my office. I have three uh, televisions. I remember the second plane. I, I saw it live. Uh, we were shocked, and of course, uh, everybody was shocked. And what it happens in media, you know, when something happens quickly, your bosses will say, "Okay, we need to go and shoot something, or we need to get material, or, or we need to." to so I was working for this. I was in Argentina, but I was working for a British uh, TV uh, channel, and they asked us for for Latin America to to produce the to produce a documentary, not about the conspiracy or what happened or what the militaries are going to do or what the politic the the politics were talking about, about the people. So we quickly. Send a, a few cameras. The, 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 of course, that they were 
people that were living there, and a few cameras to the street, and they start to shoot the people, how the people was at the moment, and, and they've been there for a few weeks. So there all these process and the testimonies of the people, what they lost, and then we have all this whole material, and me and, and two more producers, we have to see all the material and take the testimonies of the things that were happened. And the process of that was that we saw how the people try to rebuild their life after what happened, the people of New York, regular people like you and me, like in London, imagine if something similar happened in London, and despite of who, who, who they want to blame or whatever, they knew that they need to work together and, and rebuild this thing. And, and in these testimonies, yeah, there are sad stories, but there's a lot of stories when they came together and tried to rebuild this. Not only a new building, next slide please, they start to rebuild, the, the, the building was in ashes, was destroyed, and next slide please, and they start to rebuild a new one, and we can go to the other slides too, and yeah, we have the One World Trade Center, uh, which, is, which started in 2014, and so what, 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 we, what we have to talk about in this documentary is how the people just came together and how they, they and, and, it, and it was a big experience, and it's an example of rebuild. Not only a building is rebuild as people to start together and, and how can we we, we, we've been through this thing and how we can rebuild a life and how they continues living. And um, next slide. If we continue reading in, in what Holly was sharing with us, there is a few words of God in this part that he not only was saying to them, go and, and rebuild a temple, he was saying, I'm with you. I'm with you. The message, the Lord, the, I'm with you. He's not only telling to rebuild the life, he's that I will do it with you. I will do it with you. So if there is something that you need to rebuild, God is with you. I will ask Holly again, uh, and next slide, please. Uh, we're going to read another part of the, the second prophecy of Haggai. This is what the Lord Almighty says. In a little while, while I will once more shake the heavens and the earth, the sea and the dry land, I will shake all nations, and what is desired by all nations will come, and I will fill this house with glory, says the Lord Almighty. The silver is mine and the gold is mine, declares the Lord Almighty. The glory of this present house will be greater than the glory of the former house, says the Lord Almighty. And in this place, I will grant peace, declares the Lord Almighty. So in this, in this prophecy, he, he's announcing, he's announcing the coming of Jesus. He's talking about the, the, the former, the former, sorry, the pre the present house will be greater than uh, greater than the glory of the former house, and he's anticipating what was about to happen, and it's true what he's anticipating because when Jesus came, there was still a temple in Jerusalem, but Jesus was already walking through the streets everywhere, and he was making a mess in a good way, 
he was making a big revolution. He was changing things. He went against the religious people who were part of, of the temple. Um, and this ends in the cross. And why the, why, why the cross is, is related? Because in the cross were, were when the things started to change for good. In the Bible, we can see that when in Matthew, when 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 um, when Matthew is talking about Jesus being crucified in in when he was about to die in the cross, uh, in the temple that was there, as as I talked uh, earlier, there was this veil, and this veil literally when when Jesus died in the cross for us. This veil was uh, torn in two parts. And that's why, that's why, that, that's because there was nothing between, there was nothing that will divide us between you, with, between us and God. The sin, Jesus already took it in the church, in the church, sorry, in the, in the, in the cross for us. So he says that the bell is broken, and that means that we, we don't need a temple anymore. Why? We're all here, and I, I think I know everyone here today. I, I, I don't know if there is someone that didn't accept Jesus, but um, if you accept Jesus, you accept the Holy Spirit to live in you. Next slide, please. Paul said in Corinthians, do you not know that your bodies are temple of the Holy Spirit, which is in you, whom you have received from God. So what Paul is saying exactly, that when we accept Jesus, the temple that it used to be with the people lives in, in each one of us. Next slide, please. This temple lives in each one of you. And God is asking to take care of this temple that we have. He doesn't want to see this temple in ruins. He wants to see this temple in his, as in his glorious days when Solomon uh, built it. A relationship with God is everything. Our daily relationship with God is everything that we have, and we need to take care of it. It's a daily thing. And I will ask now if the people of the worship can come. Yeah, what I will ask you, please, if you can stand up. And I will ask you if you can close your eyes. Thank you, God. Thank you for this amazing relationship that we have with you, Father.
Thank you, because we understand that we need to take care of it. Father, I pray tonight, Father, for the people that is struggling in this relationship with you. I pray in the name of Jesus, Father, that the Holy Spirit that is in each one of the people that is here, Father, that can come up, Father, in the name of Jesus, Father. I really don't know. I really don't know how is your relationship, how is in this moment your relationship with God. Maybe you, you feel that you got stuck with him, that your relationship has reached like a kind of a limit. You come on Sunday and then you just go through the week as you can, but, but you feel that you are not related with him. That there are other things that worry, are worrying you more than, than your relationship with him. Could be some problem that is, has taken control of of your mind, of your body, and it's more important than God. Maybe, yeah, you feel a bit dry. You feel that you're not connecting with God, even if you try. So I want you guys to, if you can keep your eyes closed, and we're going to worship now. And if you can reflect with God while you're worshiping, well, how is how 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 is the relationship your relationship with God? That you can just talk with him and reflect about this relationship. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. Tune in next week for another life-giving message from one of our BBC speakers.